In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Bonjour, Cleveland. We're here in France, and I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Right, Right, Right. We've signed a new player. Jack, how excited are you about this one? Not very. Uh, <laughs> is the honest truth. Um, it was a. It, there was that sort of debate: Would they be comfortable with Harris? And can you go into next uh, season with one start between your two centres? It was going to be risky. And it always felt like they'd add somebody. So uh, it's a semi-formality. Ian, how are you feeling? I guess better than Jack, but how nice is it to get a real intro to the podcast and not have to listen to Jack and I just absolutely butcher the, the intro. So it's nice, even though you changed the, the language, which was a classic Paul Brown move there. It's nice to have you back on the podcast. Um, I don't hate it. I, I don't think... To Jack's point, I think that there's he's just a guy to come in and give it his best. I mean, I don't think anybody's sitting there looking at uh, Ethan Posick and saying, this guy is the difference between playoffs and AFC conference championships. I mean, he's a guy who has bounced around the league a little bit. He hasn't really been able to just find a a home. I mean, he got drafted by Tom Cable, you know, out there in 2017, he was in the same draft as miles Garrett, um, you know, got drafted by the Seahawks and just hasn't been able to really find something that works for him. That's that. I mean, that's where it's at. So he ran his course in Seattle and Hey, why not? I mean, what's the downside really? Yeah. So just to go through those Seattle, um, numbers, um, if we look at Pochich, uh, oh, here we go. Um, last season, he was ranked 16th out of 40 centers per PFF. That's with a 20 snap minimum. He was 11th against the run and 37th out of 40 against the pass. So run blocking was definitely a strength. Um, if we look over some written stuff, the stunts and twists really screwed with him um, per PFF's free agency guide. But it's one where they had to bring someone in. He was drafted in the second round, so there is a lot of talent naturally. And, hey, if he's keen to come in and learn, you're not going to find... Now Dante Skarnecki is gone. Bill Callahan is the godfather of a NFL O-line. I think what we're talking about in terms of O-line play, because remember, Jack, we've had Joe Thomas on an offensive line that had Alex Mack and Mitchell Schwartz. So you had all these all pro guys and it worked really well, but the offense didn't go in the same sense. You could take Joel Batonio, you know, an, an all decade guard and put him on a bad offensive line. And he's going to be confused by stunts and twists because if the guy to your left and right. So for our foreign listeners, a stunt or a twist is where a defensive lineman will run a wrap. So the, in essence, if they line up over, say the left guard, they'll interchange spots. So maybe the guy in the B gap will slip over to the A gap. The A gap guy will come over to the B gap. Well, if the guy next to me doesn't know what the hell he's doing 
and I'm like looking for my guy, you're going to look bad as an offensive line. So I think the hope here is this is a guy who was a second round talent. This is a guy that when he was coming out, I mean, he was pretty widely regarded as being one of the top centers, top interior offensive linemen coming out of that 2017 draft. And obviously we know that the Seahawks were just desperately trying to get, you know, offensive line play to keep Russell Wilson upright. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they drafted Malik McDowell, I think in that same draft. So the, the Seahawks went Malik McDowell and then uh, Ethan Posick. So who knows Seattle that was coming off their run where they just, they had a lot of success and it just went downhill and you hope that he can come in here and under the tutelage of Bill Callahan, find himself a good role because if you could have a versatile guard center into your offensive lineman, that's not a bad thing to have. And this is a guy, not an elite athlete. I mean, I think he ran like an over a five. So he's my fat, my speed in terms of the 40 yard dash. He's six, six, three, 10. So he's a big stout guy actually from Lamont, Illinois, not too far from where I'm at. Shout out Cog Hill golf club. That's where Lamont is at. Um, but this guy was at LSU, you know, this was before the Joe Burrow days. So, but he played with, you know, I think Leonard Fournette would have been on that team. Darius Geis was on that team. Uh, DJ Shark, Russell Gage. I mean, those are the type of guys that he played with over there at LSU. So, I mean, this is a guy that I think has upside, but I mean, Jack, from a contract standpoint, is there anything crazy? I mean, the numbers haven't come out, but. Yeah, we still don't know the numbers. So what's your expectation? We look over to PFF um, and hey, they're usually really good. But once you get this deep into free agency, anything can happen. They were predicting a three-year deal of 4 million a year. So this could easily be one where, he hasn't got that offer to someone to start and then he's come to the Browns and they've offered potentially three or 4 million for one year. So that's, that's almost where my guts at expecting it. Um, so it in fact, make him a lot for the roster and Hey, if they're paying him three, 4 million, they're up for him coming in and competing. That's not a Nick Harris is their favorite to start, but they're open for a, free and fair competition it's not like they've brought in a one million pound one million dollar like guy that's bounced around the league and started yeah a practice a practice squad guy or something yeah and and remember with with the versatility as well we talked about it in the event where say something goes on with Jedrick Wills again when we have another scenario where Betonio has to kick out the left tackle you do have the option where he could fill in in a guard position so my guess is they're going to cross train him both at the left guard and center position or even right guard he played center at LSU but generally your centers aren't six foot six that's a big guy for being a center um his his as you mentioned Jack, he's a lot better in the run game. So also, if you're talking about maybe bringing in an extra offensive lineman for some of your goal line packages, if this is a guy that you think can come in and be that extra off that six offensive lineman, you know, maybe you're going heavy and you got Hubbard on one side and Pochick on or Pozik on the other one. At the end of the day, we said it in the center preview podcast. If they got rid of JC Treader, we listed a ton of guys that were going to probably come in here and give a shot. Whether it was a guy, uh, Brian Allen from the Rams, they looked and said, you know what? This is the guy we like to come in. Andrew Barry has said it 50 times this offseason. We will try to upgrade every single position on the roster. And if they think that Pozik can come in and give Nick Harris a little bit of competition, come on in, buddy. Paul, what do you think about the French analysis of this guy? Um, je beat. Um, so, so. Uh, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing is when we signed Deshaun Watson, it was an improvement at quarterback. I don't see what they've done at centre off-season, an improvement to the Cleveland Browns. 
that's my negative comment is I want us to improve every position as much as we possibly can. And for me, it sounds a bit of a risk what we're doing at centre. Yeah, I, th I think it just comes down to that decision of if, if allowing us to free up four million potentially from the centre position is keeping clowny, that that's almost where the upgrade is. It's do you have Jerry Hughes or someone who's a phenomenal sort of number three? He's a he's all about the pass rush, won't really do anything in the run game. And we're not talking like he's serviceable in the run game. You don't really want him in the run game. It's freeing up the money to then spend in other spots. So it's one where they've got two younger players. And as well, the Browns might know something about JC Treader's health. They might be like, hey, this dude hasn't practiced for two years. Do we feel confident with this going forward? Because that body can easily break down once you hit sort of 30. Um, he's gone through a lot. And I think it just opens up options. So if we look at Nick Harris, he's only played 68 snaps. So that is a genuine concern of, hey, they were re really good um, out of centers that played 68 snaps last year. He was 18th out of 56. So he, he was certainly high up. I think JC Treader was something like between the 7 and 10 range. Um, Posich was 22nd in that um, 68 snap qualifier. Um, so it's one that Harris was a lot better in pass and run. Harris for me is the comfortable favourite. But I think those are our two. These guys are going to fight out for guard. And if they turn around and Posich comes in and is better than Harris, they'll happily let him start. And I think the big factor is Posich coming into a line that's established where he doesn't have to worry about what Betonio on his left is doing or Teller on the right. So one of the reasons that Nick Harris is able to come in, and we talk about this across the league, right? When you have a system, the Steelers, they always find that, oh, the third round, Alex Highsmith comes in and this guy's really effective or Baltimore does it, or you have these, I mean, San Francisco, it doesn't matter who, Elijah Mitchell, Raheem Mostert, it doesn't matter. They bring in guys that do one specific thing and they go, The Belichick has been saying this for as long as he's been coaching the league. Do your job. So when Posick's on the line in Seattle, the, the line that's, JV level at best, he's going to look bad. He may come here and he may be able to put up Nick, Nick Harris, like performance because he doesn't have to worry about what the all pro to his left or the pro bowl guy to his right is doing. I think that's one of the things that the Browns need to get to the point where they don't have to use first round capital to get an offensive line because Callahan has developed a system into which I can plug and play guys in and out of positions that know exactly what they're doing. That's what Skarnecchia did in new England. How many times did they draft a guy in the third round of David Andrews, Later on in the draft, plug that guy in and he was there for a century. You know, that's that's the idea. And I think what the Browns are really trying to go for. Yep. And uh, let's look at where the roster's at. So you expect sort of nine O line. So we've seen nine in one year, 10 in the other. So you're looking at nine or 10 offensive linemen and the locks. We've got Wills. We've got Batonio. We've got Harris. We've got Teller, Conklin, Hubbard, Hudson and Pulsage. So that's eight dudes. Put them in their locks. Obviously, there's a couple of them. Conklin, Hubbard um, could be traded, but let's, let's not work on hypothetical trades. Let's work on those eight are in the bag. You've then got one more spot, which is open. Um, the three favourites are obviously guys on the roster already, which is done. For me, he is the favourite. He is the better guard. Um, and for me, these three are all guards. He's the better guard. You've got Hans, who actually got more snaps at tackle. He has better capabilities to be a tackle. So if you were looking to keep a tackle, 
he he might be where you'd lean. And then Forbes, who has never played, but still has this Project X tag. So for me, Dunn's the favourite there. But I think a lot of it will come down to how they view Hubbard. If they don't see Hubbard as being a potential tackle, well, that makes Hudson more... Um, Hub, Hans more likely to go in there. But we'll chat about who's on there before we chat about the draft. Yeah, I still think they're in the midst of roster construction in terms of that. But I think it also says that they're not going to use a lot of assets in the draft on offensive line. I think they know that there's other positions they're going to have to focus on. Would you make Dunn the favorite over Hans and Forbes? I think he's the most established of the group with that versatility inside-outside. I think him and Hans are probably pretty close. I think Hans has been able to fill in. But again, Jack, we just talked about it with Pozik. Hans was able to step in in a playoff game with one task, do your job, and he performed very well. Then all of a sudden, over this course of a thing, you start exploiting some weaknesses. The guy's got to go out to right tackle, which isn't where he belongs, and all that stuff. It starts to go downhill quick. But at the end of the day, if I got a line of, you know, Wills, Batonio, Treader, or not Treader, um, Teller, and Conklin, and I got one guy in the middle, I feel pretty good about it. I really do. And I think that's one of the reasons that they were able to move on from JC Treader, who has yet to sign with anybody. And to the point you made earlier, maybe a health thing. I mean, we know he didn't practice during the year. Who knows? Larry Ogunjobi failed the physical. Who knows if JC Treader would go in and go, I, listen, guys, I can't sign right now. I'm not going to pass your physical. I got to get this cleaned up. I got to get this thing. I'll see you guys in July. Yep. I mean, the Bengals didn't wait for him. They went out and signed the, the other guy for the center. Uh, he had already uh, take Karras, I think. They got Karras, they got uh, Kappa, and then there was a third guy they signed. Yeah, that Lil Collins was the tackle. Yeah, the other one, yeah. Um, so, could they draft someone? Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Polchitz contract looks like. Um, so, I'm expecting him there. I think day three offensive tackle could be the exception. That, that's all I'd possible if, there, if there's a guy inside yeah and i know the question right now we'll get into a little bit later at a different show is you know what are we looking at 44 i still think a lot has to play out in free agency there's still a lot of big names and you know i think right now i think what happens jack and i think you can probably test this is guys go onto the market thinking they're worth x they get a slap of reality and they find out the agents were full of shit and then they come back and say all right what are we really worth? And they have to sit down. And we saw that Jarvis was down in Florida with Ocho Cinco and Brandon Marshall, Jamar Chase, and all those guys training, um, training or having a little throwing session. These are the type of things that are going on right now. So I would expect that we probably are not going to hear anything from a, an actual like signing. You might get a Posick here and some random ones there, but maybe the bigger names I think might wait closer to the draft because I think they're going to want to see what teams are going to do. Yeah. But as of today, the, Donovan West center talk is pretty much on ice. If yes. there's a 1% chance it could happen, now, I can't see it. Yeah. Now, more importantly, you brought this up, and Paul, we're going to have to loop you back in here. We're going to have to take you away from your beignets and all these other French croissants that you're doing. You have been requested in the spaces, so we need to figure out a time to get the Paul Brown podcast space going so people can hear the beautiful tones of your voice. But rumor has it you're going to be in the Alps and in Switzerland and France for the next two weeks. Do we have this correct? That is correct. And the Wi-Fi is not very good. So we'll have to figure that out. So when you're back, we'll, it'll be all draft season then. Paul Brown draft show will go live on a... And who knows, maybe Jack and I will run a trial one just so people can jump on there and yell at us. Because at this point, Paul, I don't know if you've noticed, 
but Jack is making up grounds on your follower account rapidly. And he has now pivoted from the original Jack Duffin where people would use expletives and block him to now becoming very much uh, credible within the Cleveland media circuits as being a cap guy. So you've got to watch your back, Paul. Duffin's coming for you. It's that bad. He's, he's dropped the mic and the signal and uh, he's quick. We're working on it. So, but we'll, uh, we'll get Paul's answer to that on our upcoming. It'll be like a to be continued. As always, go Browns. Go Browns. Ten, the Frenchman says, go Browns. <laughs>